This is the Mobile Home Park Lawyer Podcast with Fur Neiman. If you're looking to generate wealth and passive income in the lucrative world of mobile home parks, you're in the right place. You'll discover solutions to the common legal and operational pitfalls and how to optimize parks to maximize income. Your host is in the trenches. He's a real estate attorney, financial analyst, and mobile home park investor and operator. Now, let's turn it over to Ferd Neiman. Welcome back, Mobile Home Park Nation. Ferd Neiman here again today with another episode of the Mobile Home Park Lawyer Podcast. Today, I want to just kind of follow up on a prior topic about zoning and grandfathered rights. I've got a whole episode on this, so I'll be brief on the, the intro. Grandfathered rights are basically when your zoning is legal non-conforming, meaning it does not conform to the current code standards. That could be as it pertains to use or something like size or setbacks often in our business. So non-conforming to the current code, but but legal in the sense that at some point, you know, either when it was built or it was built before the code, it was permissible or allowable. So it's not illegal. Legal non-conforming, i.e. grandfathered, means you can typically continue to operate the way you are. Sometimes they'll put a, a sunset provision on there for over a stopping point, but but in mobile home park business, typically you can continue to operate the park, you know, forever as long as you don't change it, redevelop it, develop it. Um, some cities will try to restrict whether you can bring homes in or not. Um, some of them will want you to um, upgrade certain things like the width of the roads, sidewalks, stormwater detention, gutters, sewers, you know, new spacing maybe even new infrastructure on a case-by-case basis that may or may not be a reasonable restriction imposed by the government. The government has what's called the police power. And this doesn't mean the police department in this instance. It means basically the right to regulate the, quote, public health, safety, welfare, and morals of the community. And this is a, this is a reasonable right or power of the government. Typically, cities... In counties and towns and villages, they're called creatures of the state, meaning the state was generally, each state has a constitution of which the original, you know, people and citizenry of the states gave the state certain powers, leaving the rest to the people. One of the state powers they typically gave was the police power, and the police power can be given out at the state's discretion to creatures of the state. Uh, I live in Kansas City, for example. It's a charter form of government, and based on that, the state has given Kansas City more powers than, say, Parkville, which is near my office, you know, not too far away. Parkville is a smaller city. It doesn't have the same stroke that Kansas City does. But the reason I bring this up is recently I've gone through, I don't know, 10 different cities zoning code, looking at uh, trying to get zoning letters for clients. And different than legal nonconforming is legal conforming or perhaps just legal, meaning the property is zoned mobile home park so at first blush the client's like great I'm, I'm, le- I'm legit i can do whatever i want but in some instances this is actually worse than grandfathered rights and it doesn't make sense at its first blush but if it's zoned mobile home park you're allowed to operate and if all your trailers blow away you can in theory you can still operate if really you can just operate forever they can't they can't change it. You're already zoned. You're legit. You're legal conforming as it pertains to use. Here's the problem. Typically, mobile home park zoning comes with 
a set of design guidelines or restrictions. For example, you must have a 25-foot setback in the front, the rear, and both sides from each home relative to the street or the adjacent property line. And some cities are even taking the position that the internal privately owned streets count, where typically that would not be the case. And the norm would be, I looked at a park yesterday in Georgia, the, there was a long, narrow entry, entry road, like a driveway from the west, from a main street. So the front street would normally be the west. The rear would be the opposite, the east, and then the north and south are the sides. This city takes position, well, that's true, but also this, this west-east street runs through the property and bifurcates the park into basically two 20-unit parks. And it's considered one 40-unit park, but it's two different parcels. The city takes the position that the street that runs through the middle of the interior street is the street for purposes of measuring setbacks, which means every single one of those houses is fronting the on a single wide, the 16-foot the side. The front of it must be 25 feet from that road. Well, it wasn't designed for that, right? So those, those homes are two feet off the street because it's an interior private, interior private street. So if this was legal non-conforming, we could more easily argue, whoa, 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 you can't impose this new setback. I have grandfathered rights. And you're imposing on them, and that's a taking. And, and a taking without compensation is unconstitutional, so I need to be paid. Or, or you need to let me continue to use my uh, current setbacks. And the problem with these, when properties are rezoned, I was given the example yesterday to a client. My office, um, I've got a, moder- a modest size office, but I've got a huge executive desk. But it, but it works. My office is big enough that it, it fits my desk. Next door to me is uh, my acquisitions guy. He has a smaller office. My desk is bigger than his and better than his, but my desk in his office would be worse because his office was not designed for as big a desk. He would have to climb over the front of it every time to get to his chair every day. So it actually works for him to have a smaller desk. Well, mobile home parks in 1950, 60, 70, when they were designed, were designed kind of like his office, not mine. And mobile homes today are larger, kind of like my desk. So t- what the city is trying to do is say, oh, you can st- you're, you're legal. You're zone mobile home park. You can continue to operate. It's like, yeah, but if I have vacant lots or if homes go in, I need to infill, I can't fit a modern desk or in this case, a modern mobile home in that space or in that little office. So as a result, it doesn't really help me. I'd rather have not the right to operate forever, but argue for and have to try to negotiate with the city through a zoning letter, the rights to replace or refill the old mobile home for a like-sized mobile home or one that's slightly larger, one that's larger. And that sometimes can happen on legal non-conforming, but on grandfather, or excuse me, on parks that are already zoned mobile home park, it's hard to say you're infringing on my grandfather rights because you don't have grandfather rights per se because you're not grandfathered or legal conforming. And what has happened in some of these places is the city has rezoned the property at some point in time to be mobile home park. So it's hard to say I deserve my old rights even though I abandoned them when I converted because really grandfather rights are trumped by the police power, they're trumped by nuisance, and they're trumped by abandonment. And abandonment often comes up in this space where if you move a mobile home away and you don't replace it for, say, 12 months, you've essentially abandoned the rights to refill that lot. What happens is, and on this property yesterday, there were three parks in the same town. One of them was owned mobile home park. And because it was not all three of them, I assume, 
not knowing the exact history of each parcel, I assume that the one was voluntarily rezoned to Mobile Home Park. If it would have been, because if, if, it's, if, it was, if it was government imposed, then it would probably been on all three. So if, the, if our predecessor in ownership interest voluntarily chose to be zoned Mobile Home Park, perhaps because he thought he or she thought it was going to be wise, like, oh, cool, I'll have this right forever. They've strengthened their rights as it pertains to use, but they've now voluntarily agreed to be held to the new 25-foot setback requirements, which if the park was 100% full, maybe not that big a deal, absent an emergency or something of this sort where you, you lose lots of occupancy. But if it's full, you know, an inf- infill is not that big of an issue. But in the, in the subject property I looked at yesterday for a client, it was like 40% full. So part of the business plan was infill the lots. Well, we're voluntarily mobile home park zoning, so we voluntarily agreed to these setbacks. So it's really hard now to say, you can't impose these setbacks on me. It's like, the city's like, we didn't. You did. Or really, your predecessor interested in your rights, whether good or bad, quote, run with the land. So you inherit the other guy's rights, or in this case, the other guy's bad decision. Which brings up the next piece of this. Can the city rezone your property? And the answer is yes. They can't just rezone my one trailer park because they don't like it, because that could be considered spot zoning or they're picking on me. Um, Cities are supposed to allow for lots of uses in their town. Um, Where this normally comes up is adult businesses like a dirty bookstore or, you know, strip club or something where lots of cities you know, justifiably don't want these in their town, don't want these in every location in their town. But these people, let's say you want to open that one of those, you know, quasi-noxious businesses, do you have a right to put it in town? Well, probably not everywhere, but what if the city of Kansas City says, no strip clubs? And then the next town over says, no strip clubs, and then Raytown, and then Blue Springs, and pretty soon the whole county, then the whole state, then the whole Midwest. Well, now the person that wants to operate the business has practically nowhere to go. So what cities often do is they will put these sort of noxious uses like an asphalt plant and such on the outskirts of town. And that way they can say, oh, look, no, we're not against it. It's on the outskirts, but it's not on Main Street. Well, they, with, rather than allow new ones, what they would also do is if there's already a noxious use, a strip club in this example, in, in business at you know, 10th and Adams Street, they may say, you know, it's already there. That one's grandfathered in. We can't get rid of it. Let's rezone that one, and we can probably convince the owner that it's a good idea because then he or she can continue to operate forever. Let's rezone that adult use. And then when the next guy, when John Smith comes in and says, I want to put an adult use um, property here, they can say, no, 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 adult use is only in that zoning district, only in those locations. And then we look, we're not discriminating against your use. In fact, it already exists in five locations, including 10th and Adams. By the city zoning that, sometimes with the property owner's permission, sometimes doing it with the city's police power. They've basically identified tracts of land and locations where this is an appropriate use. And by the way, if they do this, there's typically a hearing and you have the right, just like any rezoning of your neighbor's property, you have a right to notice and you have a right to be heard at the public hearing. And if you're the property owner, you typically have, it's depending on the city and state, you typically have a right of appeal and there's an administrative review and process for that. Maybe not be that, may not often be that effective, but I've seen it work. Most time it doesn't work. The city's already made up their mind. They're going to ramrod you through. You might have a right to sue, especially if they don't pay you or if they're discriminatory or if it's spot zoning. But 
Back to my point on these strip clubs. Why do cities do this? They allow for it in certain locations. They reduce and regulate where it can go in future locations. And as a result, they're giving that person legal conforming rights because they already were going to have grandfather rights. I've seen cities do this in counties, and they're actually like third-party planning firms that have, I've seen them do this in cities. So my theory is they go around to towns. I've seen this happen a lot in Indiana for some reason. They'll, they'll go around to towns and say, hey, you guys don't want more trailer parks, right? Right. Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to prove that we're not anti-trailer park. So all of the existing trailer parks that are allowed to remain, we're going to rezone them. We're either going to contact the owners and convince them that it's good for them because they'll be legal conforming. I, albeit only as it pertains to use, so then they will voluntarily rezone, or we'll just do like an overlay. We'll, we'll choose all the existing mobile home parks and we'll call we'll zone them mobile home park or manufactured housing, and we will impose all these new owners restrictions. Which means if infill is necessary, either because of the destruction of homes and the need for replacement, or the infill of vacant lots that will make the park sustainable and valuable for an ongoing basis, and will incentivize people like me to invest additional capital into it. In order to limit the longevity of these parks, let's make them legal and then impose all these onerous setbacks and other restrictions on them, thereby shortening the practical useful life of them. And what you've got here as a result is they will be able to say, look, we're not anti-mobile home park. Look, we've got a specific zoning classification and we have 11 parks in this town that are already zoned that. But, you know, 11 is quite a few, so we don't need any more. And in fact, the location you want to redevelop, develop, well, it just isn't really in the right zoning classification, and we're not going to rezone it more. Well, we would, but you got to follow all these new guidelines, which, by the way, are cost prohibitive or, like my desk, is too big for the office next door to me. Well, the restrictions are only going to allow small desks, and those are, that means 36-foot homes. And because, I mean, I've got a park I'm looking at now. If I could fit 76-foot homes in there, I'd do it. But if I've got... In this case, it's 20-foot setbacks on each side. It's a 36-foot home. I mean, I can't even realistically do double-wides and turn them, and if I did, I'd have to gobble up lots. So could I fight the city? Could I sue the city? Maybe. If I was legal nonconforming, I could look at the date and time and age of those enacting ordinances, and in an independent case-by-case basis, I can win that. But if my predecessor voluntarily chose to be legal conforming and rezone, I've got a real tough argument to say, no, no, the government, the police power is being unjust. They're, they're unreasonably imposing restrictions on my grandfather's rights. I'm kind of neutered, to be honest. So it's a case-by-case basis, and we look at these all the time, and it's hard to explain to clients. So I, that's why I'm trying to articulate this here, kind of quasi-off-the-cuff, but it's fresh in my mind from yesterday, that sometimes you'd rather be grandfathered than not. Till next time. Stay smart, have fun, God bless. You've been listening to the Mobile Home Park Lawyer Podcast with Ferd Neiman. Ready to learn more? Go to www.themobilehomelawyer.com for free resources and materials to help you succeed. If you love the podcast, go to Apple Podcasts, give us your review, and subscribe today. Thank you for listening. Neither the Supreme Court of Missouri nor the Missouri Bar reviews nor approves certifying organizations or specialist designations. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely upon advertisements.